Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. Welcome to episode 56 of History for Weirdos. I, for one, am excited to be here. Me too. How about you? Oh, great. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry, that okay. was so dorky. Okay, do you know what's really funny? For a second there, I legit thought I was going to hear a response. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm happy to be here too. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are very happy to be here with a new episode for you all. It's Andrew's turn this week. Oh, yeah. So, my love, why don't you tell us what... Will you be regaling us with this week? Nice. Straight to the point. I love it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have something interesting. I've noticed that recently we've done a lot of people and I wanted to cover a series of events that happened that are just, that literally change the course of human history and are just utterly bizarre. I like it. Yeah. This has to be probably one of the stranger stories of succession Mm -hmm. I've ever seen in like a royal or imperial household. It is odd, to say the least. And you know why that's also uh, very pertinent? Why? Because we started watching House of the Dragon. That's right. Not a plug. We're not getting paid. (laughs) Oh my god, I wish. I wish. Yeah, god. George R. R. Martin, pay us. (laughs) (laughs) But that, so far, this prequel is all about succession. Yeah. Succession. That is interesting. I wonder if that influenced... My topic today. Yeah, it was like swirling around in your subconscious. Wow. Mm -hmm. Psychology. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so I'm going to set the stage. We're not going to Westeros. We're we're actually, yeah, we're going to do planet Earth instead. And so we're, in fact, going to go a little bit east to Mesopotamia, Iran, during the 6th century BC, so, or the 500s BC. That's a good time. Good time, right? Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to, first we're going to talk about one of the greatest conquerors in all of ancient history, maybe in all of history, Cyrus the Great. Yes. <laughs> Cyrus. I like the name. It is a great name. It's yeah. a great cat name. Yes! How'd you know that's what I was going to say? I, Cyrus I, would be such a good cat name. Cyrus the Great. Cyrus the Great. All one word. Amazing. Like, all on his little kitty tag. Oh, oh, the cat's name, Cyrus the Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I thought you meant, like, is his name, like, Cyrus the Great, all in word. I'm like, they didn't have English, so no. Oh, well, yeah. thank you for clearing that up. There you go. So he was the founder of the Chemedid Empire, or, you know, the first great Persian empire during the 6th century mm-hmm. BC. Um, this would be that same Persian empire that Alexander the Great would himself conquer about 200 years in the future. Mm -hmm. But that's still a long ways away and isn't relevant to the story, but just to, you know, keep in the back of your minds. Okay. So Cyrus inherits inherits a small fiefdom from his father centered around the very ancient city of Anshan, which is modern-day Tal-e-Malion, Iran. And I'm sorry, I butchered that pronunciation. I don't know Farsi, so... If anyone knows how to pronounce that, you can always send us a little voice note or something. Yeah. But, you know, funny enough, Anshan had been, like, a civilized, like, settlement since, mm-hmm. like, 4000 BC. Since, like, oh, prehistory. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty... It's not... It, by, even by the, the his time, it was very ancient. That's so weird to think about. Yeah. It, it really is. 
So this quasi-city-state was a vassal of the Median Empire, which, according to legend, was actually ruled by Cyrus's maternal grandfather. Okay. Um, the family ties. Yeah, the uh-huh. historical accuracy of this is debated, and okay. it's and it is according to legend. It's it's one of those things where it's like we're not really sure if it's legend or actual actuality. Probably legend, but yeah, I'm just mentioning it just in case it it was real because you never know. So Cyrus position on the world stage was not satisfactory to him though at this point in time him being just like a small vassal okay to this big empire he's like no 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 not homies i want the big empire okay he's and got so ambition. to make a very long story short cyrus not only conquers the median empire but the kingdom of lydia as well as the neo babylonian empire and creates the world's biggest empire up until that point in time oh my gosh so yeah he was a badass definitely a big time badass and his empire just to give you guys a little bit of context here stretched from modern day turkey and the mediterranean coast to the west all the way to present day afghanistan and pakistan to the east that's huge absolutely massive oh my gosh so like that's obviously modern day turkey Mm -hmm. you have like all of the 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 little micro states in the levant you have Mm -hmm. syria you have iraq you have like armenia you have iran afghanistan pakistan quite a significant amount of territory there wow yeah parts of saudi arabia as well kind of nuts Really good natural resources. Yeah, a lot of good natural resources, especially at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Like, he has an v- incredibly varied amount of resources at his disposal. Yeah. And just different, like, cultures. It, it's really it, really fascinating. So, and also kind of speaking of interesting, um, Cyrus the Great, actually, and one of the reasons why he was so successful is he was one of the first, if not the very first, major rulers to preach universal religious tolerance. Oh. And freedom, actually. I'm sure, you know, like, we may look at that and be like, well, obviously that's what's best for him because he's ruling over people of varying cultures and religions. But back then, I mean, that's, people didn't care. Right, People no. would still be like, you have to believe in and worship whatever the king does. Right, exactly. Emperor. Even just like a hundred, there was this other great empire about a hundred years prior, the Neo-Assyrian Empire, and they were like, the one true god is Asher, and if you don't, like, obey him, like, you're going to get your eyes gouged out. Mm-hmm. That was more the vibe. That was time. more the vibe. Yeah, absolutely. They were a little bit on the extreme of, like, <laughs> craziness. Religious intolerance. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, but Cyrus was, like, almost the, the polar... I mean, he was, like, the polar opposite. He wanted everyone to be tolerant. Exactly. Wow. And he also, just side note, too, he had abhorred slavery, which was... Whoa. It just didn't happen. I mean, we could almost have our own episode on Cyrus, but he's not, like, the the topic of today's discussion. Just really, like, getting, just framing kind of the discussion, rather. It's making a really good case for me to name our future cat Cyrus the Great. (laughs) All one word. All one word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as, yeah, and again, as interesting as, as he is, this episode's not about him, and... We get to 530 BC and he dies. Oh. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Cyrus. And he is succeeded by his son, even better name, Cambyses. What? What's up with all these cool names? I know. I don't know, man. Old Persian names, bro. They're amazing. From like 2,500 years ago. I know. I know modern Persians, guys. You got to step up your game here. Cyrus, Cambyses. Those are like <laughs> some of the cooler names I've ever heard in my life. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. I just, I just. Okay, so here's where things get really interesting, though. Cyrus had a younger son by the name of Bardia. Okay, maybe not the greatest name. <laughs> Literally backtracking what we're, you just We're backtracking, said. yeah. Immediately, I'm already looking dumb. But Cambyses was the king of kings, the great king, king of the world. Um, and I forgot the old Persian name for it. You know, forgive me, dear listener. But you get the message. He's mm-hmm. he's the guy. Um, uh, Bardia, though, was like the the lesser king. Like okay. he wasn't necessary. He wasn't te- even technically a king, but he ruled over like basically the eastern half of the empire uh, through satrapies. It's really complex. Just know though that like he had a lot of power in his own right and almost acted as a king, but wasn't actually the king. Okay. So kind of like a crown prince type of vibe almost. Yeah, he's kind of the crown. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and he and like on paper and in actuality, like he has to defer to Cambyses because mm-hmm. Bardia is like the younger king or the younger brother. Sorry, um, and he is like completely subordinate. Of course, yeah. Yeah, Cyrus didn't really like. He was very good, but in succession planning, he was just like. Sons get along, yeah. and then he died. One of you's the like super king, and one of you's kind of like junior king. Yeah, it doesn't really set them up for success. No, that's I will say, you know, he did a lot of great things during his time. That was not one of them. If I know anything about brothers, <laughs> yeah. in history, I feel like these two are going to want to kill each other at some point. You know, that's a really good guess. We'll get to that <laughs> in a little bit. <laughs> So, yeah, these this is probably not going to work out. Let's mm-hmm. just put it that way. Um, so Cambyses wanted to follow in his father's plan, and he wanted to conquer the last major player left in Mesopotamian politics, Egypt. Everyone loves Egypt. Everyone loves Egypt. Mm-hmm. And it is here, my dear listeners, that we have a little bit of a fork in the road, so to speak. Okay. There are at least two vastly different series of events that transpire at this point, and we don't really know what actually did happen. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on the official or like traditional history from here on out, and later on I'll give and kind of give my two cents and like the two cents of like modern historical analysis of what happened. Sounds good. Sounds fun, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so fam, let's get into it. So in either 527 or 526 BC, Cambyses has his brother murdered. Yeah, who called that? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I love how you said that earlier and then it's like, boom. Like immediately after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, according to some somewhat contemporary sources of the time, he was a bit of a despot. So there you have it. <laughs> Don't really need more than that, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, so this would hardly be the first or last example of a royal fratricide, yeah. but this does give you at least a sense of the man who Cambyses was, or is at least being portrayed as. Yeah. Yeah. So now that he, ha- now you know that he has that little situation out of the way, you know his brother. His brother. Yeah. Cambyses begins his invasion of Egypt in earnest in 525 BC. Mm-hmm. So his forces and Egyptian ones clash at the Battle of. Pelusium in the spring of that year. Cambyses' forces prevail over the forces of the Egyptian pharaoh Samtik III in a bloody massacre. Oof. Also, Samtik, and that's also spelled P-S-A-M-T-I-K. Silent P's? Yeah, like, I mean, what, like... That's a power move, that's a silent a, P? Yeah, Samtik. That's a great name also. 
Wow. These these names are just like fire this episode. Clearly, clearly we are displeased with our basic names. I know, like... Andrew and Stephanie. Yeah, I know, seriously. <laughs> like two very basic names. Two very basic names. I know. <laughs> Boo. Boo, mom and dad. Boo to us, yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, I will point out, too, is... Um, not super relevant to the story, but really funny, is how he won is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So he ordered his forces to put a bunch of cats, as <gasps> well as dogs and some sheep, onto the front line. No, no, it's okay, though. Okay. Because these animals were sacred to Egyptians. They would not kill them. Oh. So, like, the Egyptian forces are just routed because it's like you have, like, these sacred animals, like, running at you. They're not going to fight. And so they just, like, hightailed it and ran. Aww. Didn't work out well for the Egyptian forces because they just got massacred, but the animals... The animals survived. No animals were harmed. You can guarantee that? You can guarantee that no animals were harmed. You know, I'm putting a fifth on that <laughs> one. So anyways, Cambyses <laughs> conquers Egypt, further adding yet again more titles to his already like impressive array of titles and lands. Yeah. Um, you know, this time Pharaoh, which, you know, in its own right is a pretty big deal, but already he's like king of kings, king of the universe, you know. Is that what he called himself? That is, and that actually dates back even well before him, but yeah, that is one of his styles. That's awesome. I think he sounds really, I don't know, he sounds really like family oriented so far, (laughs) and he also sounds really humble. Yes. So I like him. Keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So... While in Egypt, he oversees some religious rituals as the new pharaoh. Except, according to Herodotus and some other ancient authors, he committed absolute atrocities, including looting temples, ridiculing the Egyptian gods, and desecrating royal tombs. As well as, like, you know, mass murder. You know, just just your, your typical despot. So we can add pious. Pious, absolutely. To his list of attributes. Yes. But the worst offense of this all, you want to hear it? Yeah. He murdered Apis. Who is Apis? I'm glad you asked. Apis was a bull. A bull? A bull. Like Ferdinand the bull? Yes. Oh. Like an no. actual bull. And yes, a bull was regarded as uh, this particular bull was regarded as sacred. Because it was the manifestation of the son of the Egyptian god Hathor. Okay. I could see why that's a big deal. Right. It's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And the ancient Egyptians took their animal worship very seriously. And I'm gonna actually going to come back to this in a little bit. But we're going to put a pin in it for now. Just remember that he murdered Apis. Yeah. So it's around this time that Cambyses also sent a 50,000 strong army... Um, to deal with some rebels near the Siwa Oasis in the western desert of Egypt. Okay. Um, also, you know, picture, if you Google picture of the Siwa Oasis, it still exists to this day, and it's oh, incredibly beautiful, actually. Really? Yeah. You should take me. Yeah, I will. It was also, yeah, I think I mentioned that it was Alexander the Great's, like, favorite place in the world. I oh, think. I think you have mentioned yeah. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or one of his favorite. Mm-hmm. It's not his actual favorite. Everybody so, loves Egypt. Everyone. I know. Mm-hmm. It is really cool. So this army just straight up disappears, though, in a sandstorm. 50,000 people gone. Good times. Oh, my God. I will say, though, that also is somewhat legendary and comes from Herodotus. So it's like, take it, it with be, a grain of salt. It could be hyperbolic. Right. Yeah. You know, no pun intended. But how scary to think of 
you know, I'm sure thousands at least did die in that sandstorm. That's yeah, super absolutely. Scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if like he did send out an army and then like you know, even like they might have gotten massacred by rebels, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. If, like no one came back for one reason or another. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely it's based in truth. I don't mm-hmm. know if that exact thing is like the truth, right? Just a completely missing army. But who knows? Maybe it is. We weren't there. Very spooky. Very spooky. So I'm bringing up all of this, you know, the various crimes against the Egyptian people, this lost army, to illustrate the fact that good times were not being had in Egypt at this point in time, by, especially by Cambyses. Yeah, I'd say that's a really, that's a really fair portrayal. Yeah. You've and, set the scene. Yeah, Cambyses is not receiving a good reputation, despite, you know, conquering the highly prestigious and insanely old kingdom, right? He's not, what? He's yeah. not getting a good reputation. You know what? I know, weird, huh? Our family-oriented, humble, pious <laughs> Cambyses. Yeah, he's just not having the greatest time or reputation. Okay. <sighs> yeah. I don't know why, but go on. I know, right? Weird. So, the year 522 BC rolls around, and Cambyses hears of a rebellion brewing back in Persia, mm. the very heartland of his empire. So, naturally, he needed to go take care of that. Yeah. Um, he leaves Egypt for the first and very last time. Oof. A few weeks into his journey back home, he sustains some sort of leg injury. Um, we think, sources say, on his thigh. Mm. And... Um, it's unclear how he got them, but nonetheless, his leg turned gangrene. Oh, and that's... Yeah. And he dies. Yeah, I was going to say that's a death sentence. That's a death sentence, especially back then. It, yeah. You're, you're dead. So just like that, the second king of kings under the Achaemenid dynasty is no more. So he didn't make it back to Persia. He does not make it back. Whoa. No. So, and here's where it gets really weird. And he's killed his brother, Junior King. Or has he? What? So that rebellion that I spoke of earlier, the one that Cambyses died on his way to yeah, take to care of. Yeah, to stop it. Take a guess who's leading that. Now I'm going to guess his dead brother somehow. <laughs> if you guess Bardia, then yes, you're correct. What? <laughs> well, maybe. We actually don't know for certain. So, okay, go on. Yeah, I'm, I think I just need to go on. Because yes. there's, you're probably, your mind's probably just being blown right yes, now. Yes, definitely. Okay. So... And, dear listener, at this point, you are probably very confused. I mean, after all, I mentioned that Cambyses had Bardia killed. Yes. So, well, according to our ancient sources, a magus by the name of Gomada was impersonating Bardia. Which time? Is it the dead one or the rebellious this, the one? The rebellious one. Oh, okay. Yes, and guys, I am promise I am not making this up. Like, this is just ridiculous. And also, this is, you know, I know I mentioned that it's a magus, right? Yes, I don't so, know. And also, is. if you, I mean, maybe if, if there's anyone here who's who's read the Bible or, you know, or whatever, you might hear, like, the gift of the magi. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. It's a it's that famous Christmas story. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. the famous Christmas story. But except this takes place, like, obviously, you know, like, well before, like, five centuries before that. Mm-hmm. And a magus or the magi in ancient Persia at this point in time were, like, um, high priests. Oh, so that's what... That means? I think, I don't know, because, I mean, this was, you know, well before, so it might, the the title, or the, what they were might have changed over the course of history, but, like, at this time, that's what it is. I think later on, it's slightly different. Okay, so some type of priest? Yes, like a high priest. A high priest. Like, very high regarded in, in like, Persian and 
just general Iranian society. He's impersonating the dead junior king. Yes. To lead a rebellion. Yes. Which lured yes. king of the universe back. King of the universe died. Yes. Okay, this sounds really logical. Keep going. I know, all this sounds <laughs> so absurd. Um, and I, I understand. The iron, this, or the, not the irony, but the, the funniness, the hilarity of the situation does not escape me. I don't know if hilarity is what came to mind. It happened 2,500 years ago, so it's like, you know, obviously it was tragic for the time, but like now, it's like, oh, you know, it's yeah, really I funny. Can, I, I, I still don't know if I think funny, but I see why you picked it for today's episode. Right, exactly. This is some strange storytelling. This is very strange. Mm -hmm. So the imposter... Um, Gomada apparently mm -hmm. looked very similar to the real Bardia, so no one was super suspicious at first. <laughs> and after Cambyses had died, you know, he was just free to take up the throne. So this is like legit playing out like a telenovela so far, by the way. It totally is. Like the evil twin comes in and like takes the husband. Yeah, but it's not actually the evil twin. It's, it's the evil triplet. It's, it's like just, this whole thing is just absurd. So... Within eight months, though, the jig was up. Oh. Yeah, so a man by the name of Otanes, also another amazing name. I like it. He was the father-in-law to Gomada slash fake Bardia, and the oh. word reached him that this was not actually, in fact, Bardia. So, and he, there's this very strange story mm -hmm. where Otanes tells his daughter, you know, the wife of Gomada slash fake Bardia mm -hmm. that when she slept with him next because you know he had her on rotation right um as one you know one of many one of many yeah uh she needed to feel for his ears when he was asleep because the noble somehow knew that Gomada was earless and Bardia was not wait did no one notice if this that this guy didn't apparently have he ears. always had hats on and stuff <laughs> no. like that guys i'm I, I i swear like this is so bizarre but this is actually like a, what we know happened this is the traditional view of what happened it's like when clark kent puts on the, the glasses <laughs> yes this is like exactly that that's amazing okay, not exactly that but also, you know what i mean how amazing was life before social media, that you could just pretend to be the king because you kind of look like him. Yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah, you know. So, uh, long story short, you know, she felt for his ears once he was asleep and turned out he was earless and told her father. Otnis, you know, gathered a group of high-ranking officials and they murdered this pretender. Wow. So, Gomada is dead. After some discussion, debate, and even pos a possible apocryphal story of seeing whose horse would neigh first, not even joking, really, Darius I would ascend to the throne and become the second and last Achaemenid to have the moniker The Great after his name. Mm. Or, you know, Darius, that's like the more Latin pronunciation, or it's more like Darius or Darius. Might, like, it's more of like, that's like the anglicized greek approximation of his name okay or like the old persian would have been like dariyavosh oh wow that's yeah pretty too i know so this is am i correct in thinking that during alexander's time there's also a, Dar a darius yeah it's this this is darius the first that would be darius the third okay yeah but no you're right though mm-hmm 
Um, the same line too. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, they're uh, they the same line. Um, yeah, everything after this guy, they it's all the same line of people. So, Darius's horse neighed first, and he won, yeah. So they basically the, the story, <laughs> and there's so many versions of the story too, which makes it even harder. But ba- like, generally speaking, they kind of gather. Um, the next morning after those murders take place or like shortly thereafter and they get on their horses and whoever's horse like kind of rears up and neighs first is like going to be the next king and it was Darius's. Again, like this is, take again, take this with a grain of salt because this is just absurd. There could also be obvious like, or not obvious, there could be not obvious to us like cultural significance to that. Of, right. Like, your horse bucking and neighing. Yeah. That, to them would have been like, oh, obviously. Yeah, that exactly. That something good. And to us, we're just like, that's weird. That's true. That is very true. Very interesting. Yeah, like part of Persian culture at this time was influenced by the Scythians who were like nomadic horse people. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's actually, that's a really good um, framing. I yeah. Guess. The horses would have been significant to them, I think. Exactly. So, you know... Darius rescues the Empire from an undeserving trickster who is the personification of evil and general chaos in the realm. You know, or so he would have us think. Mm -hmm. So, to recap, everything that I have said so far, Cyrus dies, leaves his two kids in charge, but Cambyses has, you know, by far the more senior position. Cambyses has his brother Bardia murdered. Gomada pretends to be Bardia, starts a rebellion. Cambyses dies en route to put down the so-called rebellion and gomada rules only for eight months is found to be a pretender and killed that's the traditional view of events okay remember i said that we had a fork Fork. in the road remember Mm -hmm. so and actually even before i get to the other fork it's um this this series event is literally transcribed in stone okay yeah in fact you can even read a very dry recounting of the story on on the like this on the stone called the Behistun inscription, you know, assuming you can read either Old Persian, Elamite, or Akkadian. You know, I can't. <laughs> I know. I really wanted to hear what you would say to that. And yeah, so if you guys know, you know, Old Persian, Elamite, <laughs> or Akkadian, first of all, like how? Second of all, amazing. that's cool. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Third, you can you can you probably know about the Behistun inscription. Yeah, you would definitely. So know. yeah, in fact, if you want, if you Google it, it's actually really cool. It's like it's on. It's like a relief on a mountain. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's that's so interesting. Even it's crazy too. A little bit of a side story by mm-hmm. like the five and six hundreds A.D. So like you know at this point like over like a thousand years. Mm-hmm. They those Persians that Persian dynasty. Had no like they didn't un- they didn't even know what that was. That it was lost so to them. Nuts to think how much language evolves, culture evolves. Like that is so humbling to think about. Yeah, like like though because the language that was Akkadian by that time was incredibly old. Elamite was basically extinct, and Old Persian was like they never really wrote it before Darius's time. Oh. So like it was. I think it died out relatively quickly. That's so interesting. You know, interesting. maybe over the course of a few hundred years, but like, you know, the great scheme of things, especially compared to Akkadian, that's very quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even like, even later on, uh, they thought it was earlier Sassanid, um, that's the third, like, great Persian empire. 
that they, they thought it was like from like the 200s AD. Oh. They didn't realize that it was way older than that. That's so interesting. Even like, even, um, there was even medieval Christians that knew about this and they thought it was like about Jesus. Of course. Cause of course. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's 500 years older than that. That's so cool. I know, right? So, however, though, now we're going to go down the other fork here. Okay. Most modern historians seriously doubt that these events transpire the way that they're told. Because history... <laughs> so I'm not going to make a joke. History is told by the, the victors, victor. Right. Yeah, so exactly. they're going to write it in a way that seems flattering to them. Exactly. Always. Because, well, and also we know, like, you know, it's almost like intuitive, but then we also know that there are anachronisms in the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first being the character of Cambyses. Like, he may have been kind of a despot. We don't know for certain, right? Right. But we do know certain things, like, for certain, no pun intended. So earlier I mentioned that he had that sacred mm-hmm. bull Apis killed, right? Except in Egyptian records, there is no mentioning of that happening whatsoever. Okay, and if he were so, if this were such a significant event, someone would have recorded Absolutely. it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and they kept absurdly detailed records of this bull. Like and like, you know, once the bull would die, they'd select a new one, and so you know, oh, it was so like the, a whole thing. The bull had like the spirit was would be reincarnated into a exactly. Okay. Yeah, and so that's how it worked, right? And this was like this lineage went back for like a long time. Oh yeah, they totally would have mentioned if someone murdered. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't even in fact they when this bull died, they mentioned that uh what's his face? Um what's his face? Cambyses. <laughs> you know, just the guy that I've been talking about for the last like twenty minutes. Um he like he buried it with honors or something like that. Oh. So like there would have been there would have been something yes. that said that otherwise, um, and so this was most likely a fabrication from the time of Darius, maybe by Darius himself. Right. Uh, there has also never been a mention found from contemporary uh, Egyptian records of Cambyses even being a cruel leader at all. Um, in fact, it only comes from Darius onward. Even the Egyptian records, it's only from, like, well into Darius's reign onwards. Oh. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the whole Bardia being killed thing also comes from Darius. So he maybe didn't kill his brother? So this is what a lot of historians suspect. Okay. Bardia actually did succeed his brother to the throne. And that maybe he did, like, uh, create a rebellion. We don't know. Okay. Um, Cambyses... May you know he might have been a brutal leader. He may not have been. We simply just don't know, right? Yeah. Um, a group of conspirators might have, like, led by Darius, might have killed Bardia and installed, you know, the aforementioned Darius on the throne. Oh. So Darius and Co. invent these tales to, you know, not only solidify his, you know, his hold onto power but to prevent him from being viewed as a usurper himself. And so he, yeah, like, his story could be like, that was a fake Bardia. Exactly. But that's just totally told by him and his team. Right. <gasps> his, like, PR team, basically. Yeah, his PR team is really good. Yeah. It, it actually, what's crazy, too, is um, Darius's grandfather was still alive at this time, and he was, like, what? a prominent kind of figure in Persian, uh, like, society. So imagine also being, like, like, your boss is your grandson. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, buddy. 
Like, let's let's chill out here. It's very rare that, like, you know, because traditionally, like, you only succeed once your father dies. Let and like, let your grandfather is probably well, you know, long gone by that time. That's so interesting. Yeah. So um, he does go on, you know, to claim also a shared lineage with Cyrus through a long distant relative to support his legitimacy. Of like course. it would have been like a great, 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 great grandfather um, named Achaemenes, and then also Taspes as well. I mean, it's very possible. You it's, know, it truly is. I mean, he was a noble, so yeah. it's not out of the question. That's actually pretty plausible. Yeah. Um, but we do know he also marries one of Cyrus's daughters as well. So they produce a son together who will succeed his father. And so Darius is lying, therefore, on the you know on maternal side, maternal side yeah. as Cyrus, and then he himself, you know, yeah, going on down. Um, that son is actually will you know go by the name of Xerxes. Okay, that's ringing a bell, but probably from you. If you've seen the movie Three Hundred, it's that Xerxes. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't get great movie. Just don't get me started on how historically inaccurate it is, though. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. But you like it. But it's actually a great movie, though. But <laughs> if you just view it as like a work of fiction that like that's based in historical facts, like it's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, even today, it holds up. Anyways, this isn't about Three Hundred. So. <laughs> Now, I've told you, dear listeners, the traditional view and maybe the more historical nuanced view. And I like so, how you laid those two out. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you think actually happened? <gasps> okay. I'm asking you, and I'm also asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's probably a weird, muddled combination of everything. Yeah, I think so too. Right? I'm sure even... It's even more muddled than historians even surmise. There's no way they could know for sure. They're just guessing. Right. They're just guessing. And also, like, reality is often stranger than fiction. That's so so true. Yeah. So really weird things that, like, no one could make up happen all the time. We're like, wow, that sounds like it's made up. Um, Hence why we have this podcast, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Because weird things happen a lot. So who knows? That's really interesting, though. I know. That could be a really good... Um, like movie or TV show, right? It's just exactly. This, this succession. I know. I feel like it. It could. You could almost like frame it as like a historical comedy. Yeah. Like kind of like uh like Catherine the Great. Yes, 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 yes. That show. If anyone, I don't know if we've talked about it on here before. I'm sure we have. But Catherine the Great. I believe it's starring Elle Fanning. Yeah. Is it just called the Great or is it Catherine? Oh, yeah, it's called the Great. Yeah. And it's about the the life of Catherine the Great and how she comes to power in Russia. Yeah, and it's really funny. It's so... The humor is great. Um, it's very violent and yeah. graphic and things like that, but it's very funny, and I feel like this would have a great similar tone. There Absolutely. you go. We just gave you all a TV idea to pitch. <laughs> yeah, go I know. Go do it. Go do it. That was awesome, though, babe. That had so many twists and turns. I know, right? I really like that. Yeah, that, that one was... A, it was weird. I was like... You know, I also have to give a shout out to to um, one of the podcasts that I actually listen to mm-hmm. um, called "The History of Persia" by Trevor Coley, and that's oh. and he was the first like I had never heard of this before, and he was the first one to that I heard it from, and he does an amazing job of like he goes into incredible detail over like the course of several episodes. So if you I think you want like a little bit of a deeper dive than even this, you can go into there. The history of Persia. The history of Persia, really good. I'll, also, it has it's fascinating because it's like ancient Persian history, which is um, like Achaemenid for me especially is super interesting. So that is fascinating. I like that. Yeah, and so 
my sources for the episode. Tell I, us. Okay, so the first one, I already, I mean, I already mentioned it in the story itself, but the coolest source I think we've ever had on this podcast, the Behistun inscription itself. That is absolutely the coolest source we've ever had. Yeah, it's like literal carving on the side of a mountain. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it's actually beautiful. Like, if you see it, like pictures of it, it it's held up incredibly well. It's it's gorgeous. We will post a photo of it on yeah, Instagram. Definitely. Um, also, the histories by Herodotus. And yeah. Herodotus was he the one that's a little loose, loosey goosey with his dates and things like that? Yeah, you know, he's called the father of history, so he's like he was the best. But even all ancient authors, all ancient historians were a little bit a little loosey goosey, more like with facts or like with um. Like, sizes of armies. Were, oh. Some of them were just, like, absurd. Okay. Uh, but some of them, like, you know, for him, for example, when he he covers, like, the invasion of Greece. Mm-hmm. And I we think that he actually just messed up, um, like, a decimal point, basically. I know, it's funny. That he messed me up the math. A, yeah. He is a historian. He said that, like, f- like something like, like, three million people invaded Greece, where we thought, no like, way, it would have been, like, 300,000 or something like that. I, again, I, I'm even playing a little loose with my figures here. But even, like, 300,000 would have been just absolutely absurd for the time being. Let alone, three million is implausible. Yeah. Because at the time when the, the, the world population was, like, 100 million. Yeah. So, like... 300,000 would have just been a, an absurdly large army for the mm-hmm. time being. I mean, even by now today's standards. But anyways, we're not talking about that. <laughs> so, uh, actual, also, National Geographic. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Encyclopedia Britannica. Worldhistory.org. Um, the Historian's Hut. That's, had a really good, like, yeah, had a, a cute name, that's right? so cute. It's like Pizza Hut. I know. The Historian's <laughs> Hut had a really good kind of, like, um, short article on this and kind of helped me frame it a little bit. And of course, our favorite, Wikipedia. That was really great, babe. I really loved that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you much. And thank you, listeners, for being here with us and for always listening to our podcast. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're getting a little bit better about being active on there and we're only we are. we're only gonna improve you guys i promise we're yeah, only gonna get better you guys are gonna get more videos and pictures of us exactly. also you can keep up with us like what we're doing outside of the show mm-hmm. and just if like any news about the show comes up like it's gonna be on instagram yes and that is at history for weirdos on instagram that's by far that's like our only social media platform at the right now and that's it for this week. We don't have any announcements or anything. No. We just were really entertained with that story. So thank you again. Yes. And have a happy Labor Day, guys. Oh, yes. We hope in the United States, for anyone who happens to be living outside of the United States and doesn't know this, we're celebrating Labor Day today, the, the day that the episode drops. Um, and that's just to honor and thank work and workers in the United States. In the United States. And it's like the one day that does that. Yeah, and everyone sh- traditionally should, you know, get the day off um, in positions where you can. We both will have the day off, so that's going to be really nice. And we hope that whatever you're doing for this Labor Day that you get to, you know, relax and celebrate yourself a little bit. That's very sweet. Mm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, weirdos, until next time. Until next time. Adios. Adios.